It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. In today's episode, we're continuing on with our love story, Hostage of Love, Ida Fulu. This story started with Dramatic Listening, episode 15, that's DL015. So if you haven't been following, you should start back at episode 15 to hear it from the beginning. We're getting close to the end of this story. Just one more episode and Hostage of Love will be wrapped up. So I'm wondering, have you voted yet on our next story genre? Remember, the poll is on my show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash vote. You can vote once a week and let me know what kind of story you want next. Love story, comedy, cowboy western, or back to the detective mystery genre again. You name it. I'm about ready to look at the results and start working on our next story, so vote now. If you happen to vote too late, it will still count for the next story further down the road. While the tension is rising in our story today, you see, relationships go through some rocky times, and Francis and Casey's is no different. In our last episode, Francis became suspicious that Casey was dating other women when Casey sent flowers to a woman named Viva Kramer. Casey explained that Viva had practically raised him. Francis then understood that this wasn't a girlfriend and she quickly got over her worries. But in today's episode, Francis hears some news about Viva. She puts two and two together, and as a result, she's ready to break up with Casey. She feels deceived by him, so to her, he is a scoundrel. He has purposely deceived her. She's been believing a lie. I've labeled today's episode, The Scoundrel He has another woman. But before we listen, let's learn some new words. By the way, you can find the word list in my show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com slash DL017. Just 12 today, and the first word is furnish. Furnish means to supply or to provide, to give. In Chinese, that's gongji. So you might have an apartment that's already furnished, and that would mean it's already got some furniture in it. It's been supplied. It's been given to you to use. Furnish. Word number two, parachute. A parachute is a cloth canopy that fills with air when you jump from a plane and it allows you to fall slowly. Zhang luo san in Chinese. 
So if you don't have a parachute, don't jump from the plane. Parachute. Word number three, adorable. Adorable means cute or sweet. Ke-ai. Word number four, the paper. When we say the paper with the word the in front of it, it usually means the newspaper. Bao zhi. Number five, look awful. Look awful. If someone says you look awful, it means you don't look well. You look sick or you appear to be sick. Lian si bu hao. Word number six, speak of the devil. When you talk about a bad guy, he shows up. Speak of the devil, here he comes now. Shuo cao cao, cao cao zhou dao. Speak of the devil. Number seven, ain't. Ain't is slang and it's present tense be, the be verb plus a negative not, not be. Ain't can be used instead of am not. It can also be used instead of isn't or aren't. In other words, ain't doesn't care if the subject of the sentence is first person, I or we, or second, you or third, he, she, it or they. You can say ain't for any of them. Makes the grammar really easy, but remember it's slang. It also doesn't care whether the subject is singular or plural. So I'm not, we are not, uh, we aren't, all become I ain't or we ain't. So you see it's really easy to use. But if you use it, you need to know it sounds uneducated. It sounds like you didn't go very far in school, especially if you use it a lot. So you could use it with friends, but don't use it in formal or academic situations. So ain't basically means bu Number eight, overcome. To be overcome, we use it in the passive, beidongzi. Uh, to be overcome is to be overwhelmed, to be flooded by a feeling that you can't control. So this is when you're feeling very emotional. You can be overcome by an emotion. Word number nine, death. Death means you're unable to hear because of damage to the ear, or perhaps you were even born that way. Unable to hear, deaf, arlong in Chinese. Number 10 is rheumatism. Rheumatism is a painful disease of the joints. That's where two bones in your body meet. So if you're joints are swollen if they're really big and it hurts to bend maybe hurts to bend your fingers then it sounds like you have rheumatism rheumatism in chinese that's feng shi bing number 11 gallery gallery this is a place where art 
is exhibited, Mei Shu Guan in Chinese. Number 12, our last word, unable to make head nor tail out of something. This means you're confused. You're unable to make sense of something. You don't know which side of a coin is the head and which is the other side of the coin, which we call a tail. So it just means you feel confused. It has nothing to do with money, really. In Chinese, we could say, Da huo bu jie. Okay, that's it for our new words. In our last episode, we left off with Casey inviting Francis to the symphony. Let's listen now and find out what went wrong. Why does Francis come to see Casey as a scoundrel? Today's listening is about three minutes long. Casey, and thanks ever so much for the concert. Did you like it? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, when I hear music like that, it puts me in seventh heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. The management should furnish parachutes to get back to Earth with. Oh, Fran, you're the most adorable, beautiful girl I ever met in my life. I... Oh, Casey, please. Darling. Now I've got to go in. Good night, Casey. Wait a minute, Fran, I... Good night! Fran, you're late. Here it is, almost 11 o'clock. Oh, I know, Aggie. I overslept. I went to a symphony concert last night and it sort of relaxed me, I guess. I knew you'd be here in the shop, so I didn't worry. Well, nothing much has happened, I must say. No. Nobody came in, nobody called. Kind of a quiet morning. Just been sitting here reading the paper. Say, Fran, didn't that young man that's been hanging around you send some flowers to a Mrs. Viva Kramer? Yes, he did, a few days ago. Why? Well, I thought I recognized the name. Where? It's here in the paper, right on the front page. Well, let's see. Mrs. Viva Kramer wins a divorce. Oh. Mrs. Viva Kramer, 31 years old, of Parkside Boulevard, was a... Wo- well, Fran, what's the matter? N- nothing. Well, you look awful. Well, I'm all right. Speak of the devil, ain't this your young man coming in now? Oh. Hello. Didn't expect me this morning, did you, huh? No, I didn't. I left some office papers home, had to come back for them, so I says to myself, I'll drop around to Jefferson Avenue and tell Fran... How, how much Mrs. Kramer liked the roses? Huh? I can imagine the old soul was quite overcome by your thoughtfulness. Why, uh, well, that is... I haven't heard. I probably won't hear so many people send her flowers, you know. Mm, poor dear. She's probably too deaf to use the phone, and the rheumatism in her hands keeps her from writing. Uh, say, Fran, there's a swell show at the Garrick. How about going... Uh... I'm sorry. I don't believe I can. I didn't even tell you when. That wouldn't change things any. Oh. Oh, I see. Well, I... Yes, I'll be running along. My, my, Fran, what in time were you two talking about then? I couldn't make head nor tail out of it. <laughs> well, Fran, you're crying. What's the matter? Oh, Maggie, shut up. 
Wow, Francis is really upset. Let's go back to the beginning and I'll walk you through scenes four and five. It starts off great. Francis and Casey did go to the symphony together and they both thoroughly enjoyed it. Afterwards, Casey drives her home and they talk about it before saying goodnight. Francis refers to the symphony as a concert. A concert could be any kind of musical performance. In context, we know that she's talking about the symphony. She says that hearing music like that puts her in seventh heaven. If heaven has layers, it gets better and better as you go up. So Francis says it's like being at the top of heaven, you know, angels playing music on harps and that kind of thing. Casey agrees, and he talks about seventh heaven as if it's a place high in the sky. If you haven't died, you can only enjoy seventh heaven for a little while, and then you have to come back down to earth and deal with everyday life again. So Casey says the management of the symphony should furnish parachutes to get back to earth. If you jump from an airplane, you need a parachute. You wear it on your back, and after you've free-fallen for a while, you open your parachute. It's a big piece of silky cloth that fills up with air and slows your fall. It helps you land safely. Casey thinks the management should furnish these they should provide one for each person in the symphony audience. Jing Li Xiao Gong Ji Zhang Luo San Ge Ting Zhong. After all, they know that their music has an effect on people. It puts them in seventh heaven. So it's their responsibility to help people get back down. Casey shifts the conversation to Francis. He tells her that she's the most adorable, beautiful girl he's ever met. An adorable girl is one who's cute or sweet, ka'ai. Fran feels uncomfortable with the closeness. They've just arrived at her home and Casey wants to whisper sweet nothings in her ear. What is he doing? Is he hoping she invites him into her house at this late hour? It wouldn't be proper. Francis is very conservative. Shinjongda, more conservative than Casey. They're not married. In fact, they've only just begun dating. So she doesn't want to get too close, too intimate with Casey too soon. It seems like she and Casey draw their lines between what's okay and what's not okay at different places. Fran quickly says goodnight and gets out of the car before Casey even has a chance to kiss her. The next day, Frances comes into work late. She overslept after her late night out at the symphony. Aggie, her business partner, didn't mind because it hadn't been busy anyway. No phone calls, 
no customers. She'd just sat around reading the paper. The paper refers to the newspaper. Aggie noticed some news about Viva Kramer and recognized the name. She remembered that it was the name of the woman whom they had delivered flowers to for Casey. The front page news said that Viva Kramer, a 31-year-old woman, had just gotten a divorce. That meant she was unattached, free to be dating men again. Frances is noticeably upset with this news. Aggie notices. She says, Fran, you look awful, meaning you don't look well. You suddenly look sick. Lian si bu hao. Just then, Casey shows up. Aggie says, speak of the devil. Ain't this your young man coming in now? Speak of the devil means we were just talking about this guy and he shows up. The whole phrase is, speak of the devil, here he comes now. There's a good chance that it was borrowed into English from Chinese. Shuo cao cao, cao cao jiu dao. Cao cao was a famous army general. He lived around 155 to 220 AD at the end of the Han Dynasty, the end of the Warring States period. In the novel, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, San Guo Yan Yi, Cao Cao is the main villain, the bad guy. So when Aggie says, speak of the devil, it shows that she thinks Casey is looking like a scoundrel. Aggie says, speak of the devil, ain't this your young man coming in now? Ain't is slang for isn't. Aggie sounds very casual when she uses slang instead of proper grammar. Casual speech shows that she and Fran are equals and friends. Casey comes in and Fran confronts him about his relationship with Viva Kramer. Speaking of the roses Casey sent, she says, I can imagine the old soul was quite overcome by your thoughtfulness. She calls Viva an old soul because Casey had called her a kind-hearted motherly soul. We tend to think of a kind-hearted motherly soul as being older, at least a generation older than Casey, someone his mother's age. Frances has just found out that Viva is only 31 years old. So when she says, old soul, she's being sarcastic. Fran says, she must have been overcome by your thoughtfulness. To be overcome by something like thoughtfulness means to be emotionally touched by it in a very powerful way. To be overwhelmed or flooded by a feeling that you can't control. Ji dong de shuo bu xia chu. Casey can hear the sarcasm in her voice. He can tell that she's upset, but he can't figure out why. Frances continues talking. 
referring to Viva as an old lady. She says, poor dear. How could she de laurinja? Probably too deaf to use the phone. She probably can't hear very well since she's so old. Ta dagai arlongla. And the rheumatism in her hands keeps her from writing. Rheumatism, feng shi bing, is a disease in the joints. That's where two bones meet. The joints get swollen, very big and painful. Old people often get rheumatism. Frances says her rheumatism must prevent her from holding a pen so she can't write you a letter. She must really feel like she's losing touch with other people, the poor dear. Casey attempts to change the topic. He invites Francis to a show at the art gallery, Mei Shuguan. Fran flatly turns him down. Casey knows it's not because she's busy, as he hadn't even told her when the show is on at the gallery. That makes no difference, Fran says. In other words, her answer would still be no. Casey leaves, but he still seems confused by the change in Francis. As soon as he's gone, Aggie asks Fran what she and Casey were talking about. She says, What in Sam were you two talking about? The phrase, in Sam, is usually in Sam Hill. It's used instead of a swear word. According to Wikipedia, we don't really know where it came from. But one story, the one I find most believable, is that there was a land surveyor named Samuel W. Hill. He lived from 1819 to 1889. As a land surveyor, he measured pieces of land and marked the boundaries so it would be clear when you bought a piece of land what was yours and what belonged to your neighbor. Anyway, Sam Hill had a very colorful vocabulary. He used to swear so much that when people who didn't like to swear retold his stories, they just used his name instead of swearing. There are other possible origins, too, but I like that one because, well, we can tell from where it's used in the sentence that it really is being used as a swear word. Getting back to Aggie, she says, What in Sam were you two talking about? I couldn't make head nor tail out of it. In other words, she was confused. She says, it didn't make any sense to her. When she told Fran the front page news a few moments before Casey came in, she hadn't tried to figure out any connection between Viva's divorce and Casey's roses. She didn't realize that Fran thought Viva was another of Casey's girlfriends. And actually, she probably didn't realize how much Fran was attracted to Casey either. She's surprised that Fran is crying. 
Well, that brings us to the end of the scene, so let's listen again one more time. Casey, and thanks ever so much for the concert. Did you like it? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, when I hear music like that, it puts me in seventh heaven. Mm-hmm. The management should furnish parachutes to get back to Earth with. Oh, Fran, you're the most adorable, beautiful girl I ever met in my life. I... Oh, Casey, please. Darling. Now I've got to go in. Good night, Casey. Wait a minute, Fran. I... Good night. Goodness, Fran, you're late. Here it is, almost 11 o'clock. Oh, I know, Aggie. I overslept. I went to a symphony concert last night to sort of relax me, I guess. I knew you'd be here in the shop, so I didn't worry. Well, nothing much has happened, I must say. No. Nobody came in, nobody called. Kind of a quiet morning. Just been sitting here reading the paper. Say, Fran, didn't that young man that's been hanging around you send some flowers to a Mrs. Viva Kramer? Yes, he did, a few days ago. Why? Well, I thought I recognized the name. It's here in the paper, right on the front page. Let's see. Mrs. Viva Kramer wins a divorce. Mrs. Viva Kramer, 31 years old, of Parkside Boulevard, was a... Well, Fran, what's the matter? Nothing. Well, you look awful. Well, I'm all right. Speak of the devil, ain't this your young man coming in now? Hello. Didn't expect me this morning, did you, huh? No, I didn't. I left some office papers home, had to come back for them, so I says to myself, I'll drop around to Jefferson Avenue and tell Fran... How much Mrs. Kramer liked the roses? Huh? I can imagine the old soul was quite overcome by your thoughtfulness. Why, uh, well, that is... I haven't heard. I probably won't hear so many people send her flowers, you know. Mm, Poor dear. She's probably too deaf to use the phone, and the rheumatism in her hands keeps her from writing. Say, Fran, there's a swell show at the Garrick. How about going... uh... I'm sorry. I don't believe I can. I didn't even tell you when. That wouldn't change things any. Oh. Oh, I see. Well, I... Yes, I'll be running along. My, my, Fran, what in time were you two talking about then? I couldn't make head nor tail out of it. (laughs) Fran, you're crying. What's the matter? Oh, you shut up. Well, unfortunately, we leave Frances sobbing, very upset. She feels tricked by Casey. She doesn't feel like his special one and only anymore. Can you understand her pain? What about Casey's confusion? He really doesn't seem to get it, does he? Can you think of any other explanation for Casey sending roses to a young woman who just got divorced? Leave your ideas in the comments after the show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com. I'm curious to see what you come up with. And while you're there, don't forget to vote on the kind of story you'd like to hear next. We've got a 
Facebook page now as well as a Google Plus page. So please like us on Facebook and give us a plus one on Google Plus and uh, let more people know about the show. By the way, have you tried listening to Dramatic Listening on Stitcher yet? Stitcher is Radio On Demand. It's an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all your favorite shows, plus discover more from over 20,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows. Create custom playlists. Listen anytime, anywhere. Don't have Stitcher? Download it today at stitcher.com or in the App Store. There's also a link to Stitcher at www.dramaticlistening.com Stitcher. It's available for iOS, Android, Nook, and iPad. Well, that's it for this episode. See you next time when Frances learns the truth about her feelings for Casey.